Fandom University. Every other week, we deep dive into the topics we love and obsess over. Comics, novels, movies, sci-fi, and video games receive the elevated discourse they deserve. With your overworked TAs, Sean and Sergio. Hello and welcome to yet another fantastic episode of Fandom University. My name is Sergio. My name is Sean. We have just wrapped up our Scream arc, our Scream module, our, our, our course on the Scream franchise. And we are now uh, jumping into a, uh, into a spaceship and going to a galaxy far, far away. And we're talking about Boba Fett. Iconic uh, Star Wars character who's been with us for 40, 44 years now? Right? Well, since, since 1980, at least. No, I mean, well... well uh, he was on the he was on the big screen in 1980. However, his first uh, appearance in Star Wars media predates The Empire Strikes Back, and uh, and we'll discuss we'll discuss that. Uh, we'll discuss the, his other appearances in uh, in cinema, as well as the uh, the television, uh, and then uh, we're gonna uh, parlay that conversation into part two in a couple of weeks, where we will talk to none other than. Star Wars coochie girl herself, Shayla Wren, about uh, the, uh, at this point, it would have ended the, the book of Boba Fett, the newest uh, Disney plus Star Wars TV show. That's, that is, uh, it's getting mixed uh, critiques, mixed reviews. Some people love it. Some people hate it. It's some people will claim that it's, uh, it's, it's exactly what Star Wars needs. And some people say that it's not even Star Wars. Which is crazy because like I saw the I saw the damn title screen I saw right yeah. I saw the different mask with the cool like do 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 like you know uh, symphonic piece yeah before every right, episode right. And, every and single one every single episode also when I went to Disney Plus to look for the show it was under the Star Wars heading like I looked under Marvel it wasn't there yeah. I looked under National Geographic it wasn't there. I looked under Pixar and it was there, which is weird. I did see some, I did find some really cool stuff on uh, meerkats, which, uh, which is fun. Always a fun thing. Very cute animal. Yeah. Maybe a future arc. Perhaps <laughs> a fan of university, a four episode <laughs> arc on, on meerkats. On meerkat manner. So yeah, we're going to discuss sort of uh, everything up to uh, the book of Boba Fett in this episode. Well, not everything. We're not going to talk about the stuff that's no longer considered canon. Uh, all of the uh, the legend stuff, uh, of of which there is plenty. There there is quite a lot. Um, Boba Fett, if if uh, more almost more than anyone else existed within the expanded universe, like it was it was uh, created or not created, but uh, fleshed out and uh, in, in, in a certain sense created in the expanded universe because he has all of four lines of dialogue in 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 between yeah. two movies. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, Boba Fett is an example of um, a character who um, doesn't like, well, okay, Boba Fett is the original Darth Maul, right? Like we all saw Darth Maul. We saw the ads for the Phantom Menace, right? And we actually get to the Phantom Menace and Darth Maul's there. He's a presence. Um, I don't even know how many lines of dialogue he has, but I'd say it's comparable to Boba Fett. The one, Um, I think, like outside on the balcony with him and uh, Sidious? That's right. Is that, is that it? That might be it. Yeah. Um, 
somebody's going to write in and set us straight, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but, but in terms but, of screen time, like they, he's not in the movie, you think he's going to be like the big bad and that he's going right. to be the primary antagonist of the movie. Uh, and he's not, I mean, well, he's, he is, but he's, he's used very sparingly. Right. And, um, you know, we got that again with the sequel trilogy with Captain Phasma, who's like supposedly, you know, like was in a lot of the marketing early on before The Force Awakens came out and is in the movie, but not very much, right. um, which is an example of how Star Wars has this uh, proud tradition of taking a really cool character design and then sort of just kind of setting it not exactly to the side, but not not giving the fans maybe everything they want which leaves the door wide open for other media um and expanded universe stuff to really fill in those gaps um like we've we're we've got tons of great darth maul stuff out there like maul actually becomes a pretty interesting character once you get to the clone wars cartoons um and i think they've done some similar stuff with phasma i haven't i haven't kept up with as much of that but um you know, and Boba Fett, obviously, uh, in the pre-Disney Star Wars, um, pre-prequel uh, era too, Boba Fett got, showed up a lot, uh, considering how little screen time he had. And I guess it'd be interesting to talk about why we think that might be. Oh, no, for sure. I mean, um, first and foremost, like, I've, I got to say it's the design. Like Boba Fett, uh, there's one looks cool, looks badass. And two, um, also has a has a mysterious quality to him because his armor is scuffed up. He's got that um, that like trademark like dent in the helmet, that little like pinball yep. sized dent. Uh, and um, so you always wonder, like you know, like what what has he seen? What has he done? Like what caused that? And like shout out to uh, Ralph McCrary and Joe Johnson, same Captain America, the First Avenger, Joe Johnson. Uh, Blue uh, October Sky. I was gonna say Blue October. <laughs> the front man of Blue October wrote "Hate Me," which is a song. It's just a great song. Uh, October Sky. Joe Johnson, uh, alongside George Lucas, like they really um, are responsible for like carving out or like you know crafting the Boba Fett look. Uh, to the point, there's this really cool um, like uh, docu, like mini doc uh, about Boba Fett on Disney Plus. And and George Lucas himself said, you know, they presented the sort of the, the mock-up and it was pretty much perfect off rip, off muscle, like let's go. Although it was completely white to begin with, which I guess sort of um, was, I guess, uh, to link it, link the character to the stormtroopers possibly. So I think the idea was that originally there were going to be upgraded stormtroopers right. in the Empire Strikes Back. And this was the first pass and then they realized how expensive it would be to build that suit over and over, <laughs> over again. and over again and they were like okay never mind we'll stick to the stormtroopers we already have but let's still use this design let's find another yeah, the design looks it. badass and so they give it a paint job and create a character a bounty hunter uh a, a gunslinger of sorts um you know they they talk about that in the in the mini talk about how you know lucas's in, inspirations stem from all manner of cinema you know from the samurai films to the sergio leone spaghetti westerns and you know he's he's got the poncho and mandalorian like really leaned into that sort of like gunslinger uh sergio leone yeah yeah like vibe uh to the whole thing 
um but still also like samurai because it's like a like really like like lone wolf and cub like vibes to it as well yeah uh, but you know that that sort of idea that those sort of that sort of motif is like is baked into the character you know both the the gunslinger and uh and a bit of the samurai like you know the 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 lone samurai the who, ronin yeah the ronin exactly who goes out and gets the job done and so you know with 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 robert fettuccini as you know I, i'm not personal friends with him so i'm not gonna, I'm gonna use his formal name <laughs> I'm gonna use his full christian name um <laughs> you know it was it was definitely a, a situation of less being more you know the less we got as an audience the more we were able to do our own headcanon you know thing that you know nerds do and fill in the gaps and you know what's crazy is so but we got to talk about we got to talk about the the barge and not not yeah. the band not the band the barge not the rhythm of the night the barge <laughs> the sail barge the, the sa- java sail, sail barge in return of the jedi where you know for everyone i guess i don't know i don't know if this is a topic for the next like he goes out like a putz like he goes out like a grade a clown in return yeah. of the jedi 100 percent um like it's a bit of physical comedy like han solo takes him out by accident right like han solo blind like still blind from being uh defrosted from the carbonite uh can't see and so chewy tells him you know boba fett and he's like boba fett you know, but obviously like growls it you know i don't i can't yeah. you know translate the wookie uh and he spins around, hits him in the back, like sets off his jetpack. He slams Boba slams up against the barge and tumbles into the Sarlacc, uh, who then burps. Yeah, after it noms him up. It's uh like it's yeah, this it's really like slapstick comedy and kind of kind of indicative of uh on on the whole of you know where Return of the Jedi was at in its sensibilities. Um, you know, it had it had one foot like firmly placed in the like what can we sell to kids like what can we like put on the toy <laughs> shelves uh mentality you know where you know the original like, yeah i mean obviously like you can sell lightsaber like toy lightsabers and action figures of luke skywalker and han solo and especially darth vader but you know star wars is is you know it, i can imagine it like being premiered in 1977 it being marketed as a like this is a space opera this is you know kids can enjoy this but it's mostly for adults this is an adult film not in the pornographic sense that's star whores as jay yeah they, jason they've, muse they've gone the, yeah it's it they 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 have gone there those exist um whereas return of the jedi you know a lot of it seems like it's very much like directed and marketed towards kids yeah yeah 100 percent and it's sort of, but what's what's interesting about the way Boba Fett dies or dies, I'm going to quote unquote, yeah, yeah, um, is that it's actually not too far off from who he is as a character, as established in other canon Star Wars media. Here's the thing: he has this amazing armor. He looks so cool, and I think Book of Boba Fett may have gone out of its way to sort of fix some of this, so to speak. But like, um. The Boba Fett you see in the Clone Wars is still a kid and he's basically be he's trying to become a bounty hunter. He's trying to avenge his father and he just kind of 
fails and gets his ass handed to him over and over again. I rewatched all of the Clone Wars episodes that he appears in. There are like five or six of them uh, preparing for this episode. And he's just not very good at what he does at all, Um, which is interesting because, you know, he has that mystique in The Empire Strikes Back, right? Like, Like he's the one who who finds Han Solo. He's the one who, who, you know, outsmarts Han Solo figures out his trick about, you know, floating away with the garbage. Right. And, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then he just gets his ass handed to him by accident. I mean, which is interesting in a sense, but also just sort of like, it felt like they couldn't be bothered to stage a good confrontation or a fight. They couldn't figure out like, oh, because they start to, right? Boba Fett ties up Luke with the lightsaber right. at one point. So it looks like, oh shit, we're finally going to get to see this guy do something. And then he's gone um and i feel like the prequels go some way towards trying to rectify like okay here's the cool armor and they actually give boba's dad jango fett some things to do in attack of the clones which unfortunately i would say is the worst star wars movie but jango fett isn't the reason it's the worst star Wars. no he's he's definitely a high point in in that movie yeah yeah um so it's 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 sort of interesting that that this character has been able to maintain this um, popularity despite the fact that he's sort of, we don't have a lot of depictions of him being good at being Boba Fett. Uh, Maybe, you know, in the media pre-2021. In the, uh, I think, and to your your point, I think a lot of what, people think of boba when they think of boba fett is is headcanon is is you know what they uh would assume a bounty hunter with that look with that mystique would be able to do when the the reality of the character is that like yes they're 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 a notorious bounty hunter but at the same time you know they're you know they're not uh above reproach they they he, he screws up from time to time and i think you know there's we see um we some we see some of that in the mandalorian as well like as as great as he is at what he does you still see him get injured you still see him get hurt you still yeah. see him screw up he loses his ship at one point yeah <laughs> right and so uh i think this idea that you know boba fett is you know this ultimate badass who can do no wrong uh one is um i mean just based on the, the major canon media you know you got empire strikes back and return of the jedi you know he looks great in empire strikes back and he looks like a clown in return of the jedi and so really and so it's hard to sort of you know suss out like you know why like you know if he's such a badass like like how did he get like get done in by an errant you know like it was like a like a gaffy stick or something like it was just a staff a wooden pillar um you know and then so he shows up in 1978 with star wars holiday special which is i mean off you know off rip you can see that you know lucasfilm has something you know wants to create a character that that has some sort of iconic look they have something you know they have something in the works 
and you know like you mentioned like the, the idea was that this was like sort of this um like seal team six of stormtroopers uh and you know that was but it wasn't fiscally uh reasonable and so they just stick to the one character but they knew that they knew that what Macquarie and johnson had had designed what looked incredible that it was exactly the kind of um the kind of uh, aesthetic that would capture the audience's imaginations george lucas you know is for the most part you know spot a good design you know like i mean star wars is lousy with amazing design amazing the character design yeah yeah even if the character work them if the, itself isn't great the 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 character the way they look is amazing yeah they show up in empire badass he's like responsible for capturing han solo has a couple lines of dialogue and then they also mentioned this in uh in that mini documentary which i get like it's like 20 minutes long i highly recommend it they mentioned jeremy bullock who's the actor that portrays boba fett in uh in those two movies um just sort of like his his mannerisms how he the way he carries himself is everything is is a little bit you know subtle and nuanced and uh sort of like in keeping with that very like stoic gunslinger vibe up until you know and then though that's it for the most part uh like i said there you've got any number of books and comic books to uh extend his lore but if you're just a run-of-the-mill oh yeah star wars that's cool like yeah i i, I saw all the movies in the theater fan you know that's that was it for you for boba fett right until we get to the prequels yeah what did you think about that reveal that uh, that Boba Fett is a one that is, you know, like you mentioned, they, he was originally meant to be like this sort of um, like super stormtrooper. And in a way, he kind of is. Right. <laughs> so yeah. what, do you, what do you think about the reveal that that Boba Fett is actually uh, one, a clone and two, um, like an uh shares like dna with the like every single clone trooper i mean i think that so what's interesting about the star wars prequels and right pat oswald's got that bit about like you know in phantom menace you get to see darth vader as a little kid and then in attack of the clones you see boba fett as a little kid but there's something sort of interesting about them as sort of shadows of each other right because and I don't, I don't know how I feel about this, like, about, like, I remember thinking it was pretty interesting whenever I watched the movie for the first time, but I also don't have any emotional investment in Boba. Um, you know, I, I think that it's interesting that he is sort of a shadow of Darth Vader in as much as Anakin's a kid who loses and in the same movie, Anakin loses his mom and Boba Fett loses his dad. And both of them are warped and shaped by that forever. Um, you know, and, and eventually go from being sort of incompetent teenagers to apparently very effective, very deadly adults. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I, and I, I do like this idea that, First of all, it, it makes his dad more interesting because he asked for a clone that wasn't accelerated, that didn't have any of the, the predetermined like stuff that would grow you into a clone trooper. Like he wanted a kid right. for some reason. Like he wanted and, to be a father, it seems like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And 
seems interested in like teaching him and like protecting him and that that is interesting in and of itself right like it's like what that that sort of makes him more interesting than boba like boba i think is an easy cipher for a kid to get into watching star wars because it's like oh it's a little kid who loses his dad and now he wants revenge so like he's easy to identify with right um so i don't think that the instincts there are bad at all i just don't um is I'm going to sound, I'm a, I love Star Wars, but I've just, I don't, I don't have a lot of um, interest in Boba Fett as a character pre book of Boba Fett. Like I love the design, um, but even when they revealed he was still alive in the Mandalorian, my first thought was really, we're going to do this now. Um, And I, I thought the show did it very well uh, once, you know, they did it. And I think Tamara Morrison is really great as the character. Um, and I love that he's getting to actually do more with, you know, that, that character now. Um, but yeah, I don't know. How did you feel about it? It was, um, I mean, it, it obviously fleshed out the character. We get the character's origins. And so, you know, that, that in and of itself, you know, satisfied me, you know, it's like, okay, like we now know like where this character comes from. We now know this character's motivations, uh, okay cool like you know that's that's fine and then uh but yeah i I think it's interesting like the sort of like father-son dynamic that that they have because uh, it it is very sweet and very very like too often like you can fall into this sort of um trope of like the the bad guy who has a kid the kid's also like a little shit so they're just like standing there like you know scheming and rubbing their hands together right you know, side by side um sort of like um like monty burns in in that episode where he adopts bart <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know in in this in attack of the clones we get to see um you know Django fett who you know by you know result of the the movie's plot is is considered a villain is an antagonist but yet he you know has this son who uh and but they obviously like you know they don't they don't spell they don't spell it out they don't clearly state that this is his clone but they they pretty much spell it out you know with the camino saying that you know all Django wanted in return was one on unaltered clone and so um and obviously and then again and boba fett grown up looks just like Django. you think he ever looks in the mirror and says to himself like i mean like yeah i'm i'm my dad's kid but like fuck i look exactly like him like what like do you think boba doesn't know he's a clone i was i was gonna ask like do you do you, do you think he knows do you think because otherwise like you know i mean that's a lot that's a heavy load to put on a kid like hey like i know you've been calling me dad this whole time but um you're actually me like we're both dad you're just little dad i'm big dad i'm big dad um uh, that's a good question. I don't know. And so um, to this, you know, to this day, he might not even know that he that he is a clone. If if any of our listeners know of any uh, short of Book of Boba Fett, which I have not finished yet, and we won't talk about till next episode, uh, know of any media uh, where Boba actually comes into possession of that information? That would be interesting um, to to find out. He they, he does so in the Clone Wars cartoons. 
He first appears in the second season, infiltrating a group of young clones who've been brought aboard a Jedi cruiser as part of their training. Um, and so he just kind of sneaks in and pretends to be part of, you know, uh, the group. And the other clones don't, you know, uh, recognize anything amiss about him. Not, not really. Um, so, oh, I, I mean, mean he, they, they look just like him. So, right, right. What? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, this hairstyle is a little different, and he's a little right. bit uh, more scowly. But you know, they're they're <laughs> they're all little kids. They're like whatever. Um, so it. I don't know. It'd be in. I mean, if he hasn't put two and two together by then, I I do wonder. Like, does he spend years looking for his mom? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he must a, be out here somewhere. From <laughs> uh, from, I would guess that Django probably told her told him that like she passed away already. And, yeah, I hope so. Uh, that she's like, I don't know. Like, she just went out for space for for blue milk one day and never came back. For death sticks, a pack uh, of death sticks. <laughs> So, so Boba Fett is this like wildly iconic, wildly popular character who doesn't have, you know, as far as like mainstream attention you know, or the mainstream media like presence doesn't have a whole lot, you know, up until, you know, he gets his uh, own TV show. He shows up in The Mandalorian, which um, I mean, so, I don't want to say that, you know, the sequel trilogy obviously wasn't a failure, but it wasn't as as well received as I'm guessing Disney or Lucasfilm would have would have hoped. Not by the time it finished up. And um, so, yeah. And so, I mean, like there are varying opinions on it, but it wasn't there wasn't the slam dunk that the company was hoping for. Right. And so, you know, the Mandalorian uh, to many was, you know, that the first step in the in the right direction to what you know star wars could be again uh and so him showing up uh in that in in that tv show like you said like he shows up and you're like oh okay like i guess we're doing this uh i you i I would say that you're probably in the minority (laughs) you know him showing up is a sort of like collective fucking finally And you know that that that's fair. Um, and you know, once once they actually started doing stuff with him, like I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. This is more interesting than what I was expecting. Um, well, it's and, more interesting than what we've gotten, which yeah, is yeah. you know, like a couple lines of dialogue, some mystique, and a whack and a you know, a wacky death. Yeah, and th- that is something that. Um, I feel like the current Star Wars canon has yet to fill in, right? Is this gap between Boba Fett as, you know, incompetent kid and, you know, most notorious bounty hunter in the galaxy. That's something that I was, I I did a little bit of research beforehand that I don't think there's any canon material that like tells that story yet. And I would be interested to see like, at what point does he, because the Boba we see in the Clone Wars is still, he's got kind of a conscience he's easily manipulated because like he doesn't know who to trust and people take advantage of that um you know he's a kid um and so i'd be interested to see you know him earn that mystique i've one thing i feel like the post disney star wars media has done has really well 
is reclaim Darth Vader as Darth Vader, right? Like his appearances in uh, the Marvel comics and uh, in Rebels and all of that, they've, they've done a lot to really return Darth Vader to being really scary and... Um, Oh, and Rogue One, duh. What yep. even, you know, like this, that amazing scene in Rogue One where he just obliterates those guys. Um, Which, quick, quick digression. Somebody um, I saw on Twitter is like, if, if you think that scene is the best part of Rogue One, like you can't be trusted. Like, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think about that, that statement? I think it's a strange, arbitrary thing to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't but trust you. It sounds like you. a Star Wars fan. <laughs> like a hardcore star wars fan which is drawing lines in the sand uh which you know we all hate well i mean do you think that's Anakin the best part of the movie i don't know if i think it's the best part of the movie but i think it's a very harrowing scene that really reestablishes the threat of the empire and raises the stakes in a way that the original star wars trilogy never even hints at like you know what i mean like right th- i mean well they 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 did blow up a fucking planet after all <laughs> Right, right. But what I'm saying is that the, but, the tone, besides that, the tone of the original Star Wars is a lot more jaunty, a lot more yeah. fun. Whereas Rogue One is a it's a tragedy, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it 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 gives the original Star Wars a context. Uh, and I think that that scene it's interesting, right? Because it takes place after I think I think it takes place after all the heroes are dead. It's been a while since I watched it, but it's like there's this extended epilogue after. Cassian and uh, Jen Erso have died that shows how the plans get to Leia essentially and um, basically ends up being their victory so like I mean I don't know that I'd say it's the best part but I think it really shows what the stakes are and I feel like the whole movie does a really good job of that like the way that they use the Death Star in that movie just reminds you like at a visceral level of how terrifying and awful that thing was right because like it like the way it's used on Jetta at the beginning and then it goes don't they use it again on that yeah that's how everybody ends up dead on um the imperial uh beach planet right whose name escapes me but um I don't know why did they give any reasoning for why they don't trust you of course not no I mean absolutely not but it's I mean Twitter. just 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 the idea is like is is that the best part of the movie and to me uh like no it's definitely like the cherry on top it's uh it's sort of like the um the uh the the sizzle that comes like with a hibachi steak uh but if the rest of the movie was bad that wouldn't make it good it's like the yoda lightsaber fight didn't make attack of the clones a good movie right exactly like it only and it only like like the rogue one being a great movie only made that scene that much better and that scene was only uh you know and and the movie was made better because that scene was so great right but boba um, fett boba fett right Um, that was that was a star wars digression you know yeah uh man star wars twitter is fucked yeah and we'll talk we'll talk about that next episode with shayla but man it is man there are some angry angry people yeah yeah it's um it's a weird place to be and i go back and forth you know i go hot and cold on star wars uh as somebody who basically lived star wars 
for uh, all of my adolescence and young adulthood, you know, uh, but, um, but I would never, I don't know. Yeah, we'll talk about it in the next episode. It's, it's an interesting conversation to have. Um, and I think the prime example of, you know, uh, fandom and the excesses thereof. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, when we discussed the, the theme of, you know, toxic fandom you know, because of its, uh, its role in the newest Scream movie and immediately thinking like Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. That's absolutely Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, a lot of that surrounds Boba Fett because, like I said, because of this headcanon that um, has, you know, uh, been propagated as a result of, you know, there, there isn't too much to, like you said, there, there isn't too much going from Clone Wars, going from his adolescence, like him as like a clumsy kid trying to figure it all out to, like being like one of you know six bounty hunters that Darth Vader personally hires to find Han Solo, right? Um, and I I wonder if um, and it sounds like Book of Boba Fett maybe didn't um, be since it isn't being universally hailed. I'm wondering if it doesn't, and you know we'll find out by watching the show, right? Um, rest, you know if 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 the prequels hadn't dealt with Boba Fett at all, like if we hadn't gotten that backstory, if there'd been no Jango Fett, if he had just remained that character who appeared in two movies, cool costume, four lines of dialogue, would fans have been happier with that long-term not getting that explanation since the explanation is actually pretty heartfelt and heartbreaking and not at all badass. Um, and, and I think that's that's sort of the rub there is that, you know, some folks wanted this badass, you know, take no shit, take no prisoners, uh, shoot first, ask questions later, you know, gunslinger. And instead you get this sort of like emotionally nuanced, uh, like haunted character who is trying to, you know, live up to, I guess his father's expectations or what he would, what he would think his father's expectations would be. Or how he saw his father. Yeah. Like his memory of his father wanting to do his memory honor. um, Right. I think is a big part of it. Yeah. And yeah, that's, I think that's the rub of it too, is like the more time you spend with a character, you've got to start revealing things about them. You've got to start getting to know them other, you know, you can only hold them at an arm's length for so long. Uh, and, you know, that was sort of my worry about the Mandalorian in the early episodes was like, they, they kind of did the Boba Fett thing, right. Where you don't really know much about him and he's very mysterious. Um, and luckily he has that really engaging relationship with the child. Um, but eventually they had to start getting into like, who is he? Where does he come from? What does he want? What, is what he are after? his motivations? Yeah. Right. And I, you know, to me, that made it more interesting. And I, 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 I guess I'll, I'll, I'll come down on the side of, I'm glad that we got his backstory in the Star Wars prequels, because it does make him a character and he's got things to learn, things to do. He's interesting. Um, and I would rather have an interesting character over just a badass design any day of the week. Um, thankfully, we get both, um, you know. And I'm I'm really excited to watch Book of Boba Fett before the next episode and um, see what you know 
what what Lucasfilm has uh, cooked up and what Tamara Morrison gets to do with the character. I'm really, really excited about it. Oh, he's been fantastic. He's been a delight, an utter delight. Uh, so yeah, so we'll be back in just a couple of weeks to discuss the the entirety of the Book of Boba Fett, uh, the ideas, the themes, the motifs behind the, the series. We'll be joined by uh, Shalo Ren, who um, you can see on TikTok, uh, Star Wars TikTok, uh, has some of the funniest, uh, most creative uh, content uh, on the on the platform. Uh, if you want to follow us, you can on Twitter. We're not on TikTok. We're too old for that. I uh, I'm not coordinated enough to learn any dances, and um, I'm not photogenic enough. I'll watch I'll watch TikToks. I'll laugh at them. I'll like I'll send the funny ones the to my wife, and then the nerdy ones to to Sean, and mm-hmm. be like, "This is good. This is good stuff. This um, is a good TikTok. <laughs> this is a good TikTok. This this TikToks <laughs> very well." This this TikToks especially well, um, but we are on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us uh, at Fandom U Podcast on Twitter. You can also email us. Um, you can email us um, the things we were wrong about, the things that we need to correct, uh, the things that you uh, agreed with us on. That's Fandom U Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, you can also follow us uh, individually on Twitter. I am Sergio TX, and that's Sergio with a one instead of an I, because the other Sergio, T- the regular Sergio TX, was taken by some Brazilian guy. I think he's Brazilian. I can't remember. It's how taken. Dare he? How dare? How dare Brazilians take over America's Twitter? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's S E R G one O T X. And I am at Sean Hamill. That's all one word, S-H-A-U-N-H-A-M-I-L-L. And um, I'm on Twitter fairly often, so come say hi. Yeah, we'll tweet. We'll tweet some stuff. Yeah, Um, we'll tweet back at you. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. We will be back in a couple of weeks with the second part of our Boba Fett module. Until then, my name is Sergio. My name is Sean. Be kind to yourself and to others.